Hey guys, and welcome back to another Mommy and Me Monday. You already know the vibes. It's Brie Renee straight from the A and I am Miss Renee. I thought you was gonna steal my line again. Straight from the A. <laughs> Lacks originality, you know. No, I'm just one. But um, if you are new here, you know this is where we, a safe space where we have dope, meaningful conversations, um, multicultural conversations between mother and daughter not multicultural, multi-generational conversations between mother and daughter and the meaning of the minds. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to my channel and you are liking and commenting and just never missing a Mommy and Me Monday. You already know. And shout out to everybody that's checking in in the comments anyway. We are answering y'all, getting to those questions with the I wanna knows and the for the record. So today is a special day because tomorrow is my birthday well happy birthday you're gonna get one year wiser you're not really giving me the pizzazz i was looking for because i'm afraid it's gonna cost me it should cost you because <laughs> i didn't ask to be here well yeah but i paid already no, no, you, you're not done paying. Ah, yes, I am for now. You should become, I need you to come correct. I am correct. I want, I want, I want to feel like, I want you to show out. I want you to go above and beyond. I want you to wow me this birthday. Okay, just wait till tomorrow. No. <laughs> wait till tomorrow and I guarantee you, you will be wild. No, I want, I want to be, I want you to pull out all the stops. I will pull out all the stops. Tomorrow. I'm talking about the bells, the whistles. I'm going to pull out all the bells and the whistles. You're going to get the moon tomorrow. and the stars. I'm going to get the moon and the stars. Just wait. I feel like every gift, every birthday you should give me gifts like that because this is the day you chose to bring me into this cruel, cruel world. <laughs> well, I did. This is For the, your betterment. This isn't the, the day I chose. I did choose to bring you here, but, you know, God but had I didn't a lot ask to, to be do. here. Yeah, that's true. So I need reimbursement for the pain and suffering. So I got to pay for it every year? Yeah, mm -hmm. every year. Okay. Maybe in you. each year you should match that number of years that I've been alive okay. with gifts and or houses. I got you. You know? Just, I feel just, you. You know, they say ask and you shall receive. So okay. So I'm I, asking. All right. Hopefully I receive. We'll keep you updated on that. But um, with that being said, you know, today I wanted to talk about the pressures of sometimes living under your, or through your parents' footsteps, right? So because you were such this ambitious woman and because you um, were so smart, so articulate, and you just were so well-rounded, and you are a provider not only for me, but our entire family, I often felt like a weight on me to live up to those footsteps. And I know a lot of parents, I know boys probably more than girls feel that pressure with their dads. But especially when you um, have parents who are entrepreneurs or parents who have family businesses, you know, there, was, there were times where people in the street would say, oh, you should do this or you're gonna be doing that because your mom was that or you should, or your family did this or your mom is a lawyer so you should be a lawyer or you running the, the construction company now, you're like, I want you to come in and take over this business, but I want a different route. Yeah, you want to chase my own dreams. Absolutely, and I've always I've always encouraged you to chase your own dreams. I think a lot of that weight you put on yourself, not that I put it on you. Um, you probably felt that you needed 
those expectations because you thought that that's what you should do, and that's not necessarily the case. And I don't. And I think kids that do that to themselves put an unnecessary burden on themselves. There's no expectations for you to save the world or save the family or, or, or you know, anything of that nature. But you don't feel like if something was to happen to you because you've been holding down our family that it wouldn't fall directly on me because I'm next in line? No. No, I think everybody will be able to hold their own down. Now, you got to keep in mind, whatever I do for our family, it's I do because out of love, but there's no expectation. So I don't think that any pressure, you know, you should feel any pressure because of that. You know, you do what it is you're able to do, and that you're not, you don't worry about it. Mm. What well, that ain't what you used to say when you used to be like, why you want to be a little broke-ass actress? No, why I... Why you want to go into the broke-ass... Uh, media entertainment business. I'm building this multi-million dollar corporation and all I wish I had a son to pass it down to. And if I had someone, blah, blah, blah. Where's my mini violin? Well, yeah. every parent would like to think that they're leaving something to their children and their children would at least take an interest. But I have learned that's not the case, and I've moved on from that. I've accepted that's not the case. Would you and, have and, and, then, and then I'm also glad now that that's not the case. Mm. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that's not the case. Would you have, tell me more about me being right, since you're glad. No, it's not about it's not about you being right. It's about me accepting you for who you are and doing what it is you are doing because you did take heed to my teaching and that was chase your dreams, not the dollar. And you decided to chase your passion. I had to realize that my dreams and my passion were not yours. And I'm okay with that. Do you think that you would feel the same way if I wasn't gaining some sort of success in this industry? No, uh, well, yeah, I think I would feel the same way because listen, your success is you're being able to take care of yourself. That's, that, that's, that's my measure or that's my, my ability, my, my thought pattern in terms of measuring your success. You know, your success is you know, you figured it out. You made it work for you. You, you know, you whatever that may be, you know, just so that you're able to take care of yourself. I remember growing up, you had, you always had an office in our home, and I used to sit in your office and play and pretend to be. I don't know if I was pretending to be a lawyer or pretending to be. I used to stack my papers and be like, I can take my next meeting now, <laughs> or like I used to just pretend that was me playing and. So I was always pretending to be an entrepreneur and I would ride with you while you were, you know, meeting people or making phone calls and bossing people around like you do now. Just, you know, and that inspired me to be an entrepreneur and to and instill things like you forcing or, or being adamant about being on time and being punctual, you know, and being nice to people, and I watched how you treated people. Those things I did follow in your footsteps because I 
take that with me in my industry now. Like I believe in being punctual, being on time. If I can't make it on time, I do apologize to people. I live, I communicate, I treat people kind. I, you know, try to go out my way to uphold some of those same core values, even though I didn't follow in your footsteps per se in the career. So what do you, do you, since you say I put those pressures on myself to fulfill those, and it's not just me that put those pressures on me. I feel like people along the way would say stuff like, girl, you got some big shoes to fill, or, you know, your mama like this, you gonna, you gotta, you gotta take over the reins, or, you know, people would say things like that. So I think not only did I put them on myself, but other people aided, aided in putting those pressures on me too. I mean, people do that in general, you know, in society. You know, you, men have boys, sons, and, you know, the, the expectations are there to do, to follow your father's footsteps, you know. Men become lawyers and have sons, they expect their lawyer, sons become lawyers. You know, men become, you know, pro athletes, you know, they have so, a degree of expectations for their sons to become athletes. Or even if they don't put that on their sons, society does. So I think that it's unfair to the child for people to do that, but it's also looked at as a badge of honor for people to do that, you know, for kids to follow in the, I, it's I just- tomato, tomato. Yeah, I just think that, you know, it, for, to me, it's just important for kids to grow up happy, find themselves, find a passion in life and pursue it. I think it's a healthy balance too, and it depends on what you are following in, like what footsteps you're following in, because like it was that, I think he was a, a, the prosecutor um, that killed his wife and child. And no, he wasn't a prosecutor. You talking about the Murdoch case? Yeah. He, that was uh, he was he was a well-known, prominent attorney, attorney. In, that, in that area. In that that. But area. his father had been one. His grandfather, grandfather had, had been, been one, one, and his great grandfather had been one. And now his firstborn son was also an attorney. Mm -hmm. So he killed the second one, I guess, the black sheep of the family. Yeah, but see, like, I think that they also, not only did he follow in his father's footsteps and grandfather's footsteps of being an attorney, I think that they, they had mentioned that there were other murders in that town that they thought or believed that they were opening, reopening those cases because they thought either him or his father's had or grandfather's had something to do with those. So I heard that too. Yeah, so I think that no matter what you do, you're passing something down to your, you know, whether it's a career or character or the good and the bad can be passed down. Yeah, I agree, the good and the bad is often passed down. I mean, you should at some point try to pass down certain traits to your children. Um, and unfortunately, all of them are not good. You know, I can't say that as a parent, I did everything right. I did what I thought I should be doing. Uh, like I said, you know, there is no book that says parenting one-on-one -on -one and you do this at every step and you know if it didn't work you try this and so you know we, we that's what parenting is it's a trial and error you know not not all parents are good parents not all parents are bad parents you know not not all parents get it so there's no book you know for parenting some parents get it some parents don't some are good parents some are bad parents let me ask you this when you were bringing on bringing me into this world did you necessarily think of things you wanted me to follow in your footsteps with or things you knew you wanted to pass down of course i wanted to pass down all of my good traits you know 
all of the things that I've been taught that I thought would do you good in life. Um, like what? You know, it's just survival traits, you know. Uh, be kind, you know, do the right things. Never have morals. Believe in God, you know, believe in, believe in yourself. Trust, you know, yeah, you know, be careful about who you, you, you hang around. And, you know, understanding, you know, you know, some of the Ten Commandments. Don't, don't steal, don't kill. Treat people how you want to be treated. You know, so a lot of basic things that every parent, I think, wants to te teach their children. And then the other things are teaching them as they grow. You know, each day brings on a different challenge. And so you never know what that lesson for the day is going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, so as a parent, if you've got your child's best interests at heart, you're always going to try and teach your child to do the right thing. Do you? And some of t sometimes you knuckleheads get it and sometimes you don't. So you didn't, did you have anything you felt like you wanted me to follow in your footsteps in? No, just other than just being a go-getter, someone who wasn't lazy, somebody who, you know, wasn't afraid to, you know, go after the stars. That's it. I was so eager to, I was so eager to, like, pursue entertainment because I felt like if I could make this, that shows that I'm just as good as you or just as, determined as you because you had no people like to think that you know you everything was handed to, to you me on a silver spoon and, yeah, it, and it wasn't and it wasn't but right. it was like this is the one way i know i can prove it because i had no experience in it yeah, no didn't have a no clue about it no connected i get it so I get it was it. like well if i do this ha what are they going to say now? Because yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, you're smart, but your mama's smart, or she instilled that in you. Or, right. or yeah, you were financially straight, but people think you spoon-fed me money my entire life. No, or, no. Or you, you know what I mean, did things for me more than No, more. I've made you take care of yourself since you come out of college. Right. Since you were, you know, come out of college, you had But to people don't think that. They can't see they have their own theories of that. People gonna think what they want to think. I you know, know, but for me too, it was to prove that I could do it. Yeah. Can you really do something that your mama had no, no help? Nothing to do with it. Yeah. yeah. I get it. And I, I appreciate it. you being a hater in the beginning. I wasn't a hater. You were a hater. I wasn't a hater. It's okay, thank you. Okay. You know how all the rappers say I had that one teacher that told me I wasn't gonna be shit? Well, I never said that. She told me I was a broke ass actress. No, I, I, have, I have proof. Okay. I have a witness. <laughs> Ernestine was there. You, she called us both. Me and Ernestine, broke ass actresses. I, well, I, that's not what it I. It was a joke. It was it was a joke, but it was to say, you know, I can make your life a little bit better, but you choose to not accept it. Okay, I get it. You know, it was a joke, but it wasn't anything that I, you know, meant to to keep you from. You know, striving. But this self fulfillment, nobody and nothing can replace that. I get it. I'm like, I don't even know if I really have soaked in that moment of, you know. You haven't arrived yet. No, I haven't arrived, but I'm still light years ahead of where I was. Mm -hmm. I am at a place where. I'm on a talk show on, on Revolt that comes on television. 
you know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm producing my own stuff now. I was in a movie. I have. I remember begging for auditions to be for a speaking role. Now I'm getting auditions every week. Now I'm turning down with speaking roles. Like, oh, this is not the lead, or this mm -hmm. is not, you know. So it's like, even though I'm not a, where you want to be, B. Henson or Mary, you know, or or Tracy Ellis Ross, I'm not there yet. But I'm still way further than waitressing at the flame. Yeah, you know what I mean. And nobody knowing me past Brie Renee in the flame. I get it. And it was like so many people. The the hood love is so real and I appreciate that so much and that actually has kept me going so many times because it was times where after I left waitressing at the club and I wanted to go back because I wasn't making no money yet or it was hard being just it's like winging yourself off of a drug fast money is a drug I agree. and it was hard to not make that cash every day. Sometimes I still get excited when I hear a money counter go, I be like, oh, who got it? Oh. Where is that? It be, you know, so like it's that, I had to wing myself off of that. But what kept me going was the streets and people in Atlanta and the hood saying like, no, nah, you graduated out the flame or, or you really doing your thing, you pursuing your dreams and look at you, you know, leaving and, and, and if you can make it, I heard dancers and waitresses say, if you can make it and your family in the back, then I know I can make it. You know what I mean? I don't have no excuse because you would expect, uh, people expect it because y'all was in the back that I was supposed to stay there forever. Why wouldn't you? It's, it's a successful business. Why wouldn't you go into quote unquote, the family business? Why wouldn't you go into the construction? Cause it's already successful. Why wouldn't you just take the easy route? And I feel, I commend every child out there, every dreamer out there that is like, I'm gonna just take an alternative route. Cause this is the way I want to pay for myself. This is what I want to do. And, and I had to live with the fact that it might not work. <laughs> this shit might not work out, but at least I gave it a shot and I felt confident because I knew, okay, the worst that can happen is it don't work out. The worst that can happen is I do gotta go back and beg for a job. <laughs> but at least I bet it on myself. And the more I bet on myself, the more confidence it gave me to continue to bet on myself. Absolutely, and that's all you can do. It's like brick by brick. That's it, and you gotta bet, because guess what? If you don't bet on yourself, how do you expect the world to bet on you? Yeah, and that's so, like how I, when I wiped out my savings and borrowed a little money to do the movie, um, Scheme Queens, I was like, well, if you're not willing to put up tens of thousands of dollars for you to star in the movie, why would Hollywood be willing right. to do that? Why right. would a network put up tens of thousands of dollars behind you if you can't do it? Right. You know what I mean? Right, or not that if you can't, but if you, or if you're you not believing, willing, yeah. you don't believe in yourself enough. You know, that's the same attitude I used to take when I used to run for office from time to time. You know, oftentimes people say, well, you know, running for office, people are supposed to raise money to do this and raise money to do that. But I had kind of a different attitude. I was like, well, you know, I had a hard time asking people to put the, give me their money when I didn't give myself my own money, you know? And, and I wouldn't do that oftentimes. And they would say, ah, uh, She's not gonna do the call time, she's just gonna fund. And I did, oftentimes I would just self-fund my own campaigns time and time and time again because I believed in myself. And there were people that did give and I was thankful and grateful to those, but I had a hard time asking people to give. 
Do you feel like that might have, I think that you, me personally as your child, I kind of felt like that wasn't your calling. I think it was a passion project or something you wanted to do. And, and I knew that wasn't my calling. I don't think that was your calling. No, but because so because that wasn't your calling. No, no matter what, sometimes you not might. No matter what your heart desires, God might not fulfill that desire because that's not what He. That's not the assignment He has for you. Absolutely. But do you think that if you had of not been so prideful and asked for help or fundraised, it might have helped with your success? No. Because I think had that been what my calling was, the money wouldn't have never played a part. God would have made it happen. Mm. That was my calling. You see, nothing anybody could have done, said, given, or taken away would have had a bearing on me being successful there. So um, I've learned that lesson in life. What God has for you, it is for you. Mm. And they can come at you, they can take it away, they can try to take it away, they can throw stones, they can do whatever they try to do, but you know, God, if it's for you, it's gonna be for you, regardless of what it is. I think that's true, even if you do try to follow in your parents' footsteps. Like, if it's not for you, then it's not gonna, it's work, not gonna work the way it worked for them for decades or right. however long. That's not your assignment. Absolutely. So don't rely on that crutch. I think I would encourage every person out there to, before you even decide that that's what you wanna do, pray on it and ask God to reveal to you what your true purpose, passion, or, or plan should be. Yeah, I agree. I think you should pray about everything. Everything you desire, everything that you, you want to accomplish everything that you you want you're trying to deal with everything that um, you know you think about everything. I just think you pray about your entire life. How do you pray? How do you pray? I think people pray differently. You, you know, you get into a quiet place and you talk to God. You talk to God as if you're talking to, you know, you or a friend or anybody, and you simply go to Him and you tell God what you're feeling what your desires are, what, what your heart feels, what, what you're going through. You ask for guidance, you ask for patience, you ask for whatever it is you need. But don't you feel like God tired of us coming to him with a wish list like no, Santa Claus? No, no, no. I don't no. think you should always just go in there asking God. No. God, I want this, and God, no. I did see these new shoes. Nah, I think, I think you have to understand that God is not a Santa Claus. God is. That's what I'm saying. But you saying just go on the corner and ask. I think you. you I think you pray for every aspect of your life. I do. I've always done that, and I will continue to do that. Um, if I decide to buy a new car, I may have that desire, but I pray to God to give me the wisdom and discernment to know when to buy, when not to buy. You know, let me make the right decision. You know, not to just necessarily give me the new car. You know, God, when you know I desire this, one day I'd like to have this. Um, when the time is right, give me the, 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 the means to do it. Let me know when that time is, you know. God, I, you know, I desire, you know, a lot of things in life. God, help me. You know, if it's for me, then let your will be done. You know, God, you know, I, 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 need, I need some direction, you know, in my life. I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. You know, help me to, to, to make it through whatever I'm going through. You know, and the Bible says, and I believe it's in Mark um, 11, 23, uh, 24, 
is that, you know, whatever you pray for, whatever you ask for in your prayers, have faith and believe that those prayers are going to come true and you shall have it. So God, there's a road map. And a lot of people, you know, I know all these, these folks out there says, ah, you know, folks always doing the Bible. Now oh, that's the white man way of keeping you enslaved. Blah, 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 blah. Well, hey, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. I'm just simply saying what works for me, what have always worked for me. You know, I have, I believe in a higher power and a higher being. That belief and that higher power and higher being, because that's the way I was raised, has always led me and guided me, guided me. My faith has always gotten me through. So if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, but it's worked for me. But you kind of, so you just said that if you go to God and you pray and you have, and you re reveal your desires to him and you have faith that it will be, then it will. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily true, though. Yes, it is true. No, because you had a desire to be a politician. I had a desire to be a politician. And you pray. And I pray, I pray for God's will to be done, not my will. My desire was to be a politician. And I was, I went, and I was broken and cried plenty of times when I lost. But I also had to understand and be willing to accept his will. That was not his will. And my faith has also taught me that when his will is to be done, his will is far greater than my desires. So when he revealed to me that that wasn't what he wanted me to do, and he put me where he wanted me to be, trust me, it was a hell of a lot better than because my desire. Politicians don't make shit. No, they don't. They don't. And guess what? And, and my ability, let me tell you something. Looking back... And that's always been the case. You don't understand until you sit and look back. I would probably, you know, one of the one of the positions I ran for was judge. I would probably be on this bench, <laughs> sleep through every other case, and they'd be next thing I know they'd be writing, you know, hitting the gavel and probably trying to bring me up on, you know, uh, judicial charges because you should you know, do divorce court or be like Judge Joe you know, Mathis, you know, or 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 I would probably have been one of those judges that they probably couldn't stand because, you know, my, my, the, my demeanor and my temperament is just no nonsense. You can still be a TV judge. What are the you qualifications know, for that? I, I don't know, but even at that, I'm just saying, I just have a certain way of thinking, and I also do believe in compassion now. Had I been a judge, I do believe in compassion, and I do believe in, 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 in teaching or, or try, I, I think I would have tried to help steer people more so into programs that that addressed systemic issues yeah. and, and 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 address you know recidivism issues, and I think that's important because I think that our children are taught and learn certain things when they're very 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 early, very at very early ages very early on in life. And I think that's important to know and understand because our children, the future of our children are scientifically judged when they're in the third grade. You know, statistics are, you know, they've got all kinds of statistics are showing that, hey, by the time a kid in the third grade, if you haven't taught this, that, and other, they don't have these certain things, that they're headed for prison. And that's, that's horrible. That's absolutely horrible, but that's the world in which we live in. So 
going back to what I said, I think that God put me where he wanted me to be, although I had a desire to do other things to help other people for other reasons. He put me in a position to help other people in a different way and to do certain things, and for that I'm grateful. How do you handle God's redirection? Like in those instances, you ran for office and then he redirected you and you didn't you necessarily wait, with, you didn't necessarily know where you might have been going next and in those moments. Or people who think they're supposed to follow in their family footsteps and they feel like God is redirecting them. How do you handle that certain that un, that that season of uncertainty? With grace and humility. You handle it with thanksgiving. And you thank God because I know that whatever he has for me in my life is far better than I could ever imagine. And so you, you, oh, you embrace it and you, you got to be, you got to put on your big girl drawers and understand, or your big boy underwear to understand that if it doesn't work out your way and then if you truly allowing God to lead and direct you, then you also got to be understanding enough to know that his will is far greater than your will. And whatever he has for you is far better than anything you could have imagined. So with that understanding. Just hold on. Just hold on. Just just hold on and let God do. Hold on to your hands. Let, just, and just let God, do, let God do his will. Yeah. And accept it. No one says it's going to be perfect and it's going to be easy. But just let God do his will. His redirection sometimes is often rooted in protection. Oh, absolutely. It's rooted in, and like you said, him having a greater plan than you could ever imagine. Absolutely. So and far try to. And far rewarding. Mm. You see, I, you know, to me, had I, had I, had I become a judge, to me, that was, that was the best thing in Cotton Candy, the best thing I've ever for. It would have been far more money that I ever made on the job, on any single job, you know, not, include, not, not including my side hustles, but just one single, and that, that was great. Was that your greatest disappointment or letdown? Like I don't not even, winning, not I don't winning. even I don't even feel them as a letdown. I think I mean in the moment you might have. Like and, and have in that mo in that moment, sure, I was licking my wounds because I really felt that I was the better candidate in, 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 in a couple of situations where I ran for office. I thought that I was a better candidate. But even those that came out and won out, you know, after me, those that beat me. Turn out that they were not bad candidates. They they turn out to be pretty decent, you know, judges and you know and 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 politicians. So I have no regrets. I have it just wasn't for me. I agree. I have a similar story. So like working at the radio station, I wanted to be. I was always on Saturdays and Sundays, and there were two time slots positions that came available um, a couple years ago, and they were for full-time slots and when i knew they came available i put in my letter to be considered i put in you know the reasoning why i just felt like i deserved this promotion and i had a good standing relationship i'm always i was always available when they needed me i was like the most loyal and most you know down employee that they had and both times i was not chosen mm -hmm. and at first like you said i was sad or let down or disappointed because I felt like wow I was a bet you were the better candidate yeah I felt like I was the better candidate and no jab to those other ladies but I felt like I had been there longer and I had shown proven myself and I had worked harder 
And and I feel like, how dare you let somebody new come in and get my, my spot, right? But then it wasn't until maybe a year or two later, Revolt came around and the opportunity to be on Black Girl Stuff presented itself. And then I realized, had I had been given those opportunities to work, Monday, it was no way I could do right. the revolt right. position. So go, you, and that's why people have to understand that it took a year and a half, maybe two, for them uh, for that new opportunity, for that yes to come, but that no made room for that yes. Absolutely. Sometimes Absolutely. your no's make room for your yeses, and those yeses, like you said, be way greater than those no's. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... For that, I have no regrets. Yeah, I don't have any regrets. I have regrets. no regrets because God has truly blessed me. Uh, and I can say even I probably didn't deserve it. I probably know. didn't either. You know, and... Um, I felt I did. I, I probably felt would. I did. I felt I did. <laughs> but I think what you have to understand and what we have to teach our children is you, got, you, you, you have to be obedient. You have to be obedient. So how do you know when you're being obedient, when you're listening to God's voice versus your own voice? I think you have to just, you have to just go to him enough to know. I think when, when God talks to you, when God's voice rings to, through to you, you will know it because there will be signs like, oh, okay, God, now I see why this happened. Okay, God, now I hear you talking. Now I see why that happened. Okay, I got it. It wasn't for me to do this. Okay, now I see. And I think God always sends us those signs. And my friend Megan, shout out to Megan Ashley, you know for sure pod. Megan said something, and I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because she was like, with God, you know his voice because he'll give you peace. But when something is not what you, when something goes against, pause it. Break, this is my nephew. Hey. I'm on, I'm on set with Sabrina. You need me right now? Is everything good? Oh, that's what I'm calling you. Oh. I'll call you later, bye. <laughs> We're filming. Yeah, what Megan, Megan said. said that. Yeah, so Megan, my friend, my one of my good friends, Megan Ashley. Shout out to Megan, no for sure, pod. Um, she said something like, "You know, God's telling you to do that because you'll have peace in it." And I don't necessarily agree because in both of those instances, we were disappointed. You were disappointed. We but didn't he, have peace. No, you didn't have peace right then, but the peace later came when you understood. When he began to direct you, and you were, you were, he was leading you to different, and leading me to different situations and scenarios, it was peaceful. I was okay with doing that. Although I didn't know why I was doing it, or quite understood it, but it was peace. It wasn't a problem. It didn't take anything from me. It didn't, it didn't cause me any stress, any pain to, to walk that walk. He, he, he prepared that walk for me. Okay. So that's where the peace comes in at. And then when you're in the midst of it, and hell could be, you know, coming uh, down around you, you you're going to be protected. And you'll be at peace with it. Yeah. 
I recently made a big major life decision and took another leap of faith. And like you said, I did it abruptly. And then I was like, wait, did I talk to God about this first? And I felt like, did I do things out of order? Because I did it so impulsively and so fast that I felt like I hadn't really checked in with God to make sure that was right. But I feel like he still, then I thought about it and I'm like, you know, like he had planted it already, even though I like, why you got to keep asking me what you already know? Okay. And sometimes he talks to you like that. Yeah. Sometimes he pushes you to do things that ordinarily you wouldn't do. Yeah, just impul impulsively. And just you think it's impulsively, but it was already in his divine right. order. And it's crazy because the people that were affected by the decision were like, oh, yeah, I seen this coming. And I'm like, how did you see this coming? I just decided this 48 hours ago. Right. They were like, no, I saw it coming. Yeah. So that wasn't your decision. It's just as God said, move at this time. And you moved thinking that it was your decision. And I thought it was so impulsively. But because, back to her point, I had peace, even though it was something quick, fast, in a hurry. I still have, I have peace. Like, okay, well, I did it. I checked, like, should I, is this weird that I feel this calm about it? With my counsel, because I feel like every every leader, every queen or king has a counsel. And mm -hmm. the people on your counsel might be for different things. I feel like, of course, you're on my counsel. Sometimes I run certain things by you. I have other women that are mentors that are on my counsel that I might run some things by. So I ran it by a few people on my counsel. And they was like, you ain't tripping. And I was like, okay, babe. I knew mm -hmm. I was making the right decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, be obedient. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes obedience is moving swiftly, but like she said, you might not even know that, that it's already in it's it's in divine order. Yeah, you think you're doing something, but it's in divine order. You know, people. I think if we instill spirituality back in our children at a very young age to let them know, teach them how to pray. Show them that praying doesn't make them weak. Show them that praying connects them to a higher being. Show them that praying can be their comfort, their confidant, their comfort, you know, their peace, their inner peace. Um, it will give them. And that prayer should be a priority. Yeah. And that, and I think it will give them a, a different outlook and perspective on life. You know, you when you're trouble, when you're trouble, get on your knees and ask God for the things that you want. Believe in the, you know, your power of prayer. We also have to teach our children, and a lot of people may agree, may not, may disagree with me, but there are power in words. For sure. You know, you, you don't, certain things you shouldn't say because of those things. And, and a lot of the, you know, I'm sure gonna get, I'm going to get a lot of backlash when, you know, in the comments, oh, you know, there you go, think of that, oh, power. But, Fuck the backlash. But there's going to be power, there's power in what, pe what you say. No, there what is. you put out in the universe. So be but careful. Even to your point, like I remember every morning when we would wait for the school bus, we prayed together in the car. Mm -hmm. And even when you say power in the words, we weren't allowed to call each other stupid. No. That was like a curse word. I never understood why that yeah, was like. So absolutely. It was like nobody's stupid in this house. Don't right. call nobody. Nobody's stupid in this house. Yeah, don't call. Just because you have a different idea, a different way of thinking, different, you know, opinion doesn't make anybody or else's call, wrong or right. And you couldn't call nobody a liar. Right. Yeah. And, certain thing, and those were certain principles we had in our household. And I, as a parent, I'm glad we had those. 
because now it what it what it did was allow you to value other people's opinion. You don't walk around thinking you're superior. Only your thoughts matter. Oh, I do value other people's opinion. Is that why I do that? Yeah. Because you told me nobody's stupid. Right. And I be I really be I I. I don't want to say I'm the only one that feels like that, but I even in the comments, like whether it's on a blog or on my own page, when people are arguing back and forth, I'd be like, okay, that's your truth. And this is my truth. Like multiple truths can exist at the Absolute, same time. Absolutely. It doesn't make. Right. It doesn't yours make. Yours is not law and, and neither right. is mine. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all. That all came from you not allowing me to call nobody stupid. Absolutely, absolutely. It is some stupid people out there, though. Just... No, no. People make some stupid decisions, but there are no stupid people out there. Yeah. You know, people do things, and people were not taught, unfortunately. But you know, that's how people people raise their children the way they raise them, and I raise mine the way that I'm raised. I raise mine, and I'm proud of the way that I raise my children. Yeah, part of it was a dictatorship, but I'm proud of that. She's never gonna let us. I'm never down. gonna let you live that down. No, my grandchildren are never gonna live that down. You know, I and then and I've heard people in the backlash as well. People that are dictators, you know, are trying to exude power. They're just power. They would they want that power because they didn't get the love. And they like ah, that's bullshit. You know. Yeah. I I I laid the law I laid the law down in my house the way that I thought it should be laid down and. I'm proud of that fact. Well, and I raised some very beautiful, very bright, intelligent women as a result of that. Totally. And I'm raising grandchildren to be the same way. You know, I raised nephews, you know, the one that just called a moment ago. Mm -hmm. uh, very bright, very intelligent, uh, a God-fearing man, you know, that's, that's with his wife of almost 30 years. And, Raising his kids, you know, his his boy and his daughter. So I, I don't I don't regret any of my teachings. No. Yeah. And was my teaching perfect? Probably not. You know, was was my teaching the only way? No. You know, are there other ways to do it? Yes. But I'm just saying what worked for me. And whether you like it or not, I don't give a damn. Okay. Well, what worked for me was going against the grain. Yeah, and uh, what worked for me is whipping that ass when you went against the grain. I'm not talking about that. She just want to remind us, like, okay. get off it. I'm talking about going, making my own path. Well, okay, yes. I got it. You're right. That's what You're I'm right. saying. Anyways, it's time for for the record. Do you have anything that you want to clear up for the record, or set straight for the record? Well, I just want to say straight for the record that hey, I have no regrets in the way that. Um, we know you don't have no regrets in how you raise your child. Yeah. We know. We yeah. you ain't you ain't cleared that record up. That record is broken. Okay. We're tired of hearing it. Okay. Please. All right. Get a new tune. So for the record, I think that um parents need to um whoop their children ass. No, Next. no, uh -huh. not necessarily whoop their children ass. I think they should instill some spirituality in them. We we're losing that. We've lost that. Uh, our kids don't Pray. just, yeah, our kid, for the record, I think there's a, for the record, I think parents should really make it a point to pray with their children. I think that's a good for the record. Yeah, for the record, they should make it a point to pray with their children so their children see them praying, see that they believe in, in a higher spirit, whether it be, you know, Christianity or a religion, I should say, whether it be Christianity, 
Buddhism, you know, Muslim. uh, Muslims, whatever. Just shall let your children see you, you know, engage in, in a higher being, you know, and have some type of relationship, whatever that relationship is. And it shows be. that you as an adult are held accountable to a higher power. So it also instills in your child that there is something greater than all of us and that no matter how old you get, you still have to be held accountable for your actions. Absolutely. For the record, what do I want to say straight? For the record, if you ain't know by now, I did this not by myself. I don't believe in nobody being self-made, but I made my own way. And you did. And, and I'm you, proud of me. And you continue to make your own way. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. And she ain't had nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Now look at me putting you on. Thank you. <laughs> for <putting laughs> me, thank you for putting me on game. <laughs> on a pla- I'm giving you a platform now. Thank you. Look at me passing it down. Thank you. Yeah. So now it is time for I Want to know. know. I Want to Know. I want to know, when's the first time you experimented with drugs and why? What was it and why? Yikes. Drugs. (laughs) Or should I say substance? Alcohol. Alcohol, yeah. Well, my first sip of liquor was with you. When? You used to let me taste your drink. Okay. Well, we would be like, I, I remember, I think I might have been like a Red Lobster and you ordered a drink and you was, I was like, oh, mommy, let me taste. And then you gave me a sip and I was like, oh, that's nasty. And you was like, yep, so stop asking. Okay. It was something like that with alcohol. And I never really been a drinker. Um, also, I remember, I think I didn't like, because y'all had so many parties, I didn't like how... Excuse me, because y'all had so many parties, I didn't like how belligerent people got mm-hmm. with drinking. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one time, Pete, well, my uncle on the other side, he was drunk and he bumped into me and wasted his entire beer on me. Mm-hmm. And it just, I felt like I smelled like beer for like three weeks. <laughs> like it just stank so bad. And I hate, I still don't like beer like that. Like you can't really, in college I drank beer cause it's college, but no, I don't really like, I don't. So like I drink, but not, like I'm a social drinker. I don't really, now weed, I think I was 15 the first time I smoked a joint. 15? In your house. See, had I known that, you wouldn't have made the 16. I, and I know exactly, now that I think about it, because I had to think for real, like, was that the first time? You're going to be livid. Do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all went to Super Bowl. We lived on Snapfinger with Granny. Anyways, I snuck my, my first boyfriend in the house. Oh, Lord. And we was upstairs because, you know, granny room was in the basement and my room was on the top floor. And he brought weed and we rolled up the window. We had the window in my room up and we smoked. And I just got high and I just laughed all night. I just and said, if I think I know who that was, I think I'd still kill him. To yeah, day. you would. Mm-hmm. That's him. Mm-hmm. And we just had so much fun. I smoked weed for the first time in your house. 
and then get caught. Because mm. I wasn't there. Aren't you tingling inside? No. No, one time I did smoke while you was there. I was bold then. Oh, my Lord. But I had the window up still. You smoked while I was there? Mm-hmm. Parents. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. No, it's nothing I can do about it now, but I can, parents, be forewarned, okay? When they're in their rooms, just walk by. That's one of the reasons why I don't regret ever taking the damn door off of your room. She did take the door off the hinges at one point. I, did, I don't regret doing that. Like, it was off for, like, a year. I don't Maybe till we moved. I don't regret doing that. And I think doing that year was probably the only year you were on truly straight and narrow. You don't know that? Probably. I didn't need that door to be straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. I was leaving out of other doors. Notice. See? 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 <laughs> Now you know you're gonna get a lot of comments and you're gonna get a lot of comments. Oh, you bad mom, you you let your child taste your drink at Red Lobster at dinner. <laughs> you know, oh, they're gonna call defects because you know, you, I let you taste my alcoholic drink. That's, that's a horrible mom. And you know what I say to that? It kept me from drinking. To each his own. Mm-hmm. I didn't really wanna drink like that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't drink anymore. No, you don't. I'm proud of you. For that, you've been doing real good. Okay. Rockstar underscore China 1117 wants to know, how do you feel about dating and parents who hate the men or women that their child dates? Oh, God. Rockstar, I've been through that, my dear. (laughs) I've been through that. I think I've disliked the... um, The first few of them. First few of them, for sure. Um, but I also had to learn as my mother taught me was that I can't, I can't pick and choose her mates. You know, I can only try and guide her to pick good, you know, to do the best she can in picking, uh, some not so good. Uh, some of the choices I thought was just horrible. Um, but I had to let her make them and she had to see in her own time that they were bad choices because with children, especially with girls, the more you say no, the more they're gonna run to make it a yes. So the more I pushed back, the more she ran to them. I said, hey, that is the worst such, such, that's the horrible, that's this, that, and that, the more she ran to them. But when I, when, I, when I pulled back and I took a back road to it and it wasn't, so glooming that I didn't like her choices. Shit. Why I didn't like them either. She didn't like them either. She dumped them. So parents, you just got to know what battles to pick. You know, all of them are not, you know, battles you go to war over. And then that's just, that's just life. I mean, because I know that in the end of the, at the end of the day, there are boyfriends that I had that my mama probably couldn't stand but they were my choices. Uh, there was nothing she could do about it. And she lived with it. And eventually I saw what she saw. And they, they were no longer in my life. And eventually she saw what I saw and um, we got over it, we I got think, through it. I think it was important that you did say no first. Yes. And then I don't say, I don't up. think, you never stop being a parent. Yeah. You never stop being a parent. But it was the pullback and allowing me to make my own decisions where I was like, mm, she's kind of right. Yeah. He is a loser. Yeah. Yeah. 
beat it, loser. Yeah. And it works. So now I don't, now even when she's grown and on her own, and this is something that, you know, I used to always say that until you are, and the part, this goes back to my, my, my way of thinking, until you're financially independent, I always got to say. So, and if you don't want me to say anything about anything, who you're dating, what you're doing, then you should not have to depend on me financially for anything. Because then you get to make your own decisions. You still have an opinion, even though I you have ain't... an opinion, but my opinion, I, 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 it's just that. It's an opinion. But if I'm footing the bill, my opinion is more than just an opinion. You're going to take heed to something. I ain't stopped hearing this lady opinion yet. You know, my opinion now is that you can turn it on, you can turn it off. But if I'm footing the bill, my opinion then carries weight. If I'm not footing the bill, it's just an opinion. You're free to do whatever the hell you want to do. I've just shared my opinion as a parent. Well, remember that. I do. I do remember that. It's just that. an opinion. It, it's just an opinion. And I can give and you everybody my got one. And everybody got an opinion just like everybody got an asshole. You know it. You know it. So. It is what it is. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Sometimes I'm going to leave it. Absolutely. And you got that right. But, <laughs> uh, but again, I say, if it requires me to foot the bill, so as long as you as a child are financially independent. Okay, girl, we heard it. Then you're free to do whatever the hell you want to do. I'm free now. So Absolutely. I'm free to leave it. Absolutely. And this is where we're going to leave you, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. This has been another episode of Mommy and Me Mondays, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Hopefully you learned something, grew a little bit. If you um, have any questions that you want us to answer and I want to know, drop them below. If you got any records you need us to set straight, drop them below and we'll do that as well. And, yeah, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And turn on your post notifications so you never miss a Mommy and Me Mondays. Oh, I want to know what you're going to give me for my birthday. Oh, I can't tell you because it's a surprise. So, parents, just remember, as long as you're footing the bill, your kids are not financially independent, you got to say so. Cut the cameras. Bye. But do you agree? As a parent. We don't need nobody yet. If I got to, if, if I got to, until you are financially independent. In, in regards to prayer, I don't feel like you have to pray only in this problem. I feel like. Oh, no, 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 I agree. I you pray all, we didn't pray, we pray every day. We prayed every day. That's what. Absolutely. My daughter, my daughter prays with my kids every night before they go to bed. They pray with my grandkids when they wake up in the morning. You don't ever. Right. Absolutely. 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 You don't pray just because there's a problem. You pray when there's no problem because a prayer can a prayer can be just like you say, gratitude, thanksgiving. God, thank you for allowing me to wake up this day just to just to see this day. You know, because somebody went to bed last night and didn't wake up. I was one of the fortunate ones. Just thank you because when I woke up this morning, I, I, I still got my, my right mind. I got my eyes. I got my limbs. I can move. You know, whatever yesterday brought me, thank you, God, because I can, I can, I got a new day to try to get it right. So, you know, prayer is, is something, it's, a, it's many things, and, and it's powerful.
So I'm no, you don't. They pray when, when, uh, Only when things are wrong. Yeah, nah. Then when things are right, they forget all about prayer. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that means I'm not worried about. 